0: With wisdom, how important is it that humility precede wisdom?
1: Because that means you're teachable and willing to grow, and you're willing to recognize reality and what needs to change in your, you know, personally and in your marriage or your relationships. And so, if you are looking at things like, "Well, I think I've got it together," and you know, I'll consider this, but you're not actually willing to learn, then you're not going to grow in wisdom.
0: But how about the person that just says, "Well, this is how I am," and you're going to have to work around? That's
1: an excuse. I mean, that's foolishness. Yeah, we see that. Or maybe even evil. Mm-hmm. We see that all throughout scripture, that people try and excuse or turn the other way. That's not what God intends. He wants to keep, even Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with God and man. And if he had to do that, then we all the more have to do that.
0: Well, the Bible says that love doesn't demand its own way. Absolutely. And so humility is saying, I'm willing to adjust to have a relationship with you. All right, welcome back to the Real Marriage Podcast on the EXO Podcast Network. Mark Driscoll here with my best friend, Grace, and we're doing a four-part series. Evil people, foolish people. We dealt with those two in previous episodes. What are we getting into today, best friend?
1: Wise people.
0: Wise people. Wise people. Most people are foolish. Percentage of people are evil. Percentage of people are wise. None of us is wise in every area. And, And if you think you are, you're foolish. You may not are <laughs> <You're> foolish. <laughs> now, the wise person knows they're not wise in every area. So maybe, maybe you start off with, and we're working kind of through Proverbs, and we're saying read a proverb, a chapter a day, and it's got these categories of evil, foolish, and wise. Uh, maybe start with just a, a scripture on wisdom from Proverbs.
1: Proverbs 9, 8, and 9 says, Correct the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser teach the righteous, and they will learn even more.
0: So it seems like what he's saying is you don't know if somebody's foolish or wise until you correct them.
1: Right. And Proverbs thirteen twenty says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise.
0: So it's about finding wise counsel, picking good friends. Husband needs wise friends. Wife needs wise friends. You need wise couple friends. If you want to grow in wisdom, you got to walk with the wise. You can't just walk with the old friends. You can't just walk with the extended family.
1: And like you said, not everybody is wise in every area. So find someone who's wise in each of the areas that you desire to
0: grow in wisdom. What would be some examples of areas and categories?
1: Finances, marriage, parenting. Um, you sexuality, know. Yep. prayer, Bible study, physical health, <clears throat> real estate, emotional
0: health, buying a house, mm-hmm. investments. Mm-hmm. So in this, what he's saying here in Proverbs, you know, you, if you correct someone or have conflict with someone or point out a problem with someone or raise an issue with someone, a wise person will say, thank you very much, you're helping me grow. Uh, a foolish person will say, you've hurt my feelings. I can't believe you said that. That was so mean. It becomes, they take it personal, they make it personal. Mm-hmm. So you you correct a wise person, the relationship deepens. You correct a foolish person, and the relationship darkens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't know until you have the conflict.
1: Right. Everything can seem okay, and then when you correct, they freak out.
0: So let's talk about uh, wisdom. Are wise people... Necessarily, highest IQ, really smart.
1: They don't have to be. They've just learned from what they've done wrong and they've chosen to learn from it and not continue to do that. So they don't have to ha- be super smart in the brain <laughs> category, but they can be wise uh, in their lessons learned and moving forward in a healthier direction.
0: And sometimes, too, like we see in Proverbs, wisdom is. It is certainly by making mistakes, trial and error, learning, making course corrections and adjustments. But sometimes it's also observing the lives of others, cause Mm -hmm. and effect. Uh, Pastor Larry Osborne says, you know, sometimes it's good to let other people pay your dumb tax. Mm -hmm. You're like, they did that. That was not a good idea. I'm going to learn from that. And wise people will learn from their own mistakes and the mistakes of others not like a mocker who's making fun of everybody, but as a student who says, you know what? School is always in session and life is the classroom and there's always something to learn. And I want to grow in wisdom through all my circumstances and seasons.
1: I think it's super important to do that in marriage because marriages can look all different and they can be all kinds of healthy marriages and they can all use different methods toward health in marriage. And so it's, it's a good idea to be observant of people's marriages. And if they really actually love each other, look at the ways that they build their marriage and ask, how do you have such a healthy marriage and, and be willing to take, you know, try out different methods of how to build health in your own marriage because each spouse is different, but they can have wisdom in how to, how to serve each other better, how to love each other better, how to grow closer, um, and how to put God at the center of the relationship. There's all kinds of ways to watch people and their marriages so that we can grow in our
0: own. And especially in marriage, it's perfectly good to read a book. It's perfectly good to go to a conference but honestly a lot of it is just observed
1: mm-hmm. and and what you came out of in your with your parents that's what you're going to know even if you didn't have you know one of your parents in your life growing up that's what you know and so that feels normal to you going into marriage even if you know there's dysfunction in that it's what you're going to go toward because it's just what you know and so being able to look at marriages that are actually healthy and not just duplicating what was done in your home because that's all you know. That's that's super important to be open and teachable in that.
0: And that's where marriage gives you a fresh set of eyes on your family of mm-hmm. origins and your upbringing. Because mm-hmm. when you're a kid, when we're kids, we tend to think that adults know what they're doing.
1: hmm Well, that's the hope, but...
0: (laughs) And then as you get older and you become an adult, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I guess us adults Mm -hmm. don't know what we're doing. And sometimes you grow up in a family environment, and it's the only environment you've seen or known. So again, you assume, well, this is pretty normal. And then maybe you go to school or church and you peer into other family systems and th- then you get married and you're trying to architect, how are we going to do our marriage? How are we going to do our family? And then you have new lenses on your family and you're like, man, maybe I came from an amazing family. It was better mm-hmm. than I thought. I should have been way more grateful. Yeah. Or it's like, holy Homer Simpson, what a disaster <laughs> we grew up in, Marge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and so within that, growing in wisdom requires input of information, books, podcasts, sermons, but also observing of healthy family systems. Because sometimes it's just like the husband and the wife, they sit together and hold hands. You can't pick that up reading a book. You need to see that.
1: Right. And I think if you don't have any wise counsel or any healthy relationships around you, which I honestly don't know how many of those I had around me as a child. Um, So I had distorted views of what healthy marriages look like around me, unfortunately. But- podcasts like this and some of the wisdom in marriage resources today um, can be helpful if you feel kind of alone in that or like you don't have those people around you. Um, And so that's why these are so great to have because then you can start to have the conversations with your spouse about what does this look like for us and how to have a healthy marriage.
0: And so with wisdom, how important is it that humility precede wisdom? How are those two related?
1: Because that means you're teachable and willing to grow and you're willing to recognize reality and what needs to change in your, you know, in personally and in your marriage or your relationships. And so if you are looking at things like, well, I think I've got it together and, you know, I'll, I'll consider this, but you're not actually willing to learn, then you're not going to grow in wisdom.
0: But how about the person that just says, well, this is how I am and you're going to have to work around that
1: That's it. an excuse. I mean, that's we, foolishness. Yeah, we or see maybe that. maybe even evil. Mm-hmm. We see that all throughout Scripture, that people try and excuse or turn the other way. And that's not that's not what God intends. He wants to—even Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with God and man. And if he had to do that, then we all the more have to do that.
0: Well, and the Bible says that love doesn't demand its own way. Absolutely. And so humility is saying, I'm willing to adjust to have a relationship with you. hmm Um, pride says, if you want a relationship, you're going to need to adjust to me. And if a husband and a wife both come with a servant posture of humility saying, I'm going to adjust so I can have a relationship with you. And this is what the Lord Jesus did. Philippians 2 says he's the most humble and that he became like us. He adjusted. He he adjusted to to be with us. Mm -hmm. So he inconvenienced himself so that he could have a relationship with us. So you can either just be true to yourself or you could be true to Jesus and be humble and be teachable and change so that you can be in a relationship. And a lot of times we'll make excuses of this. This is my personality. This is how I am. You know, I'm too old to change. This is how my family is. And even today, personality types, let me say this, personality types might explain the way you are, but that doesn't necessarily tell you the way you should be. Absolutely. The way you should be should be the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is regardless of your personality, Absolutely. and sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to cause you to be someone different than you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I could take a test. and I'd probably come out as a J-E-R-K, you know, or something. <laughs> but uh, But at the end of the day, you know, wisdom says, I want to do what God says, I want to be like God is and I want to have a relationship with you where God is in the center and glorified and he is causing us to fall more deeply in love and intimacy and trust over the course of time. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of wisdom, which takes a lot of humility because it means we're always going to be working on something, repenting of something, fixing Mm -hmm. something, changing something.
1: And we've definitely been in those times in our marriage where we've both been stuck and stubborn and it's so hard to work on a marriage when one spouse is being, not working toward wisdom, but they're, they're staying stuck and, and they're not pursuing humility. And so in marriage, it's so important that we both um, work toward what God has for the marriage and not excuse what we're doing in the marriage that's wrong.
0: Well, and again, that's the difference between the foolish person and the wise person. Mm -hmm. The foolish person and the wise person sometimes will see the same thing, but they'll say a different thing. Mm -hmm. The foolish person will make an excuse and the wise person will make a plan. Mm -hmm. And so we would ask you, what area in your marriage right now is maybe even evil or foolish? Mm -hmm. And what does wisdom look like to make a pivot, make an adjustment, to make a change so that the response between you would be different going into the future?
1: And this requires prayer. Um, together. It requires that you go before the Lord and say, I need conviction on areas that I am not wise and I want to work toward wisdom together. Um, ideally, as a husband and wife, you're doing this together in and pursuing um, wisdom in the areas that you... You can probably see more clearly in each other the areas that are foolish um, and you need to be loving and kind how you point those out. But if you're working um, as a unit, as, as a couple toward um, those issues that need to grow in wisdom, then you're, you're not just pointing it out toward each other. You're actually each working on your own issues.
0: Well, that's the difference between a critic and a coach. Mm-hmm. A critic and a coach, they see the same thing. But then they they say a different thing. A critic is like, why are you so stupid? Why do you always do that? Why do you not understand money? Why don't you bounce your checkbook? Why do you eat bad? Why do you not go to bed? Why do you never do your church? Why mm-hmm. do you, why do you, why do you? The critic is pointing, a coach is like, okay, let me help you mm-hmm. do this uh, in a way that is going to be successful. And so the, the coach on the field is different than the critic in the stands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and and nobody loves their critic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people do love their coaches and the critic and the coach are both seeing the same thing. But yeah. one is trying to sort of build you up and the other's trying to beat you down. Mm-hmm. And so what can happen is when we see foolishness in our spouse, and we usually see it in our spouse a lot easier than we see it in ourselves, we got to ask, am I going to be a coach here to help coach them in wisdom or am I going to just be a critic? Because mm-hmm. if I'm a critic, they're probably never going to change. Right. But if 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 there's a way to get them coaching, and that may not even be you. That might be who can you meet with? Who can you talk to? You mm-hmm. know, who are some godly wise counsel you can invite in? What are books we can listen to? Podcasts we can listen to? Church we can go to? Bible mm-hmm. study we can jump into? Class we can take? Like, you know, if you're going to get your groceries at the store, where do you go to get your wisdom? Mm-hmm. You got to figure out where you're going to shop for that. Yeah. And then it's being willing to receive that correction and counsel. Mm-hmm. And I think for people, that is hard yeah. uh, because there's something prideful in us that says, you know what, you should just love me the way I am. I feel like I'm good enough.
1: Yeah.
0: So wise people, let's say you're looking for wise people. You're looking for wise counsel. What would be some things to look for as you're seeking wisdom? Because the Bible says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. You're like, I want to get wisdom. I need to walk with somebody who's wise. I got to build a relationship. I got to ask questions. What are some things to look for to find wise counsel?
1: Well, like you said, wise people live by the Spirit. So you should see the fruit of the Spirit in that person. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You should be able to see those things as the person lives their life in front of you, in their parenting, in their marriage, in their, you know, the way they handle their finances, in their relationships around them. Like there's a consistency about them. Um, and they're, they're able to just walk that way because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit.
0: And sometimes these people are not upfront, they're not the visible leaders, because they're humble and they're wise, Right? they're just faithful. And sometimes they're, they're not drawing a lot of attention to themselves. And so even in a ministry, sometimes it could be, well, I need to talk to the leader. I need to talk to the pastor. I need to talk to the person up front. It's like, actually, there are people in the church that have wisdom in areas that the pastor doesn't and the people up front don't. Mm -hmm. You know, wisdom is scattered
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in various people. And sometimes one—so we have this thing called the mentor myth. Mm -hmm. Maybe we explain that to them. One of the great myths in the church is the mentor myth, and that is if I could just find my mentor— then they would give me all my wisdom. Mm -hmm. All my wisdom is sitting out there in my mentor. I got to find my mentor. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I I personally was always looking for that person, that one person that kind of did all for me in my life and could give me wisdom in every area of my life. But Timothy and Titus that talks through a lot of stuff for women it, it doesn't actually say that there's parts that talk about um, training up the younger women which means there's a lot of them so it doesn't mean one person one mentor gets one woman now there are scenarios where someone may need counsel privately and that's a different scenario but um, as a general rule there we're investing in a lot of people there's always someone younger that, people younger that we can invest in, that we have wisdom beyond them, even if, you know, even if we're just one life stage ahead of them. And so for me, I learned through the years that there's lots of women, like we were talking about with Wise Counsel, that I can go to lots of women that I consider to have wisdom in different areas and gain principles and methods from them and implement those into my life or not. Some of them are things I wouldn't use to change in my life, but it's helpful to see different perspectives. So it's better, like you call it, having a bullpen for kind of the guy term, Um, it's better to have a variety of people that you're hearing from because not every spouse is the same, not every parent is the same, but they could still be equally healthy, but they do different
0: methods. So when we're talking about wisdom and how to pursue wise counsel and to walk with the wise, again, a lot of people, they, they they do believe this mentor myth. And mm-hmm. I hear it all the time from guys like, I, I just, I'm a Timothy. I need to find my Paul. I'm like, you you would hate your relationship with Paul. <laughs> Paul goes into a city, starts a riot, mm-hmm. runs for his life, and sends you in mm-hmm. to follow the elephants around the circus and pick up the mess <laughs> he's made. And then writes you a letter because he's not around to meet with you. Mm-hmm. That's why we have these letters to Timothy right. and Titus. Yeah. They weren't going out to coffee every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was in jail and uh, Timothy was dodging a riot and Paul sent him a letter. And it's like, well, if you want a relationship like that, I could send you two letters in your life while you're running for it. I mean, that's not, that's not that's not a mentoring relationship up close. They do love each other, care for one another, but they're doing a lot of work together. And like Grace said, if you pick a mentor, this will be very controversial. If you pick a mentor, you will not be wise because no person has wisdom in every area. Except the Lord. Except the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so they may be great with finances, and bad with kids. They may be great with kids, and bad with finances. Mm -hmm. They may know their Bible, but eat nothing but junk food. (laughs) And so everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. So like Grace said, I'm I'm a baseball fan, and and if you know baseball, they have a bullpen. And a bullpen is a whole bunch of people that are very unique specialists. There's a lefty, there's a righty, there's somebody that throws 100 miles an hour, there's somebody that throws a you know, 75 mile an hour curveball. There's a closer that's good for three batters. There's a long reliever that's good for three innings. Everybody's got a specialization. You need to think through if you want to grow in wisdom as a couple, who's in your bullpen? Mm-hmm. Who do you call on finances? Who do you call on health? Who do you call on parenting? Who do you call on marriage? Who do you call on trauma? How do, who do you call if there's addiction? Grieving. Grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, who do you call on dealing with uh, extended family and adult Abuse. relatives? Abuse. I mean,
1: addiction. Bible.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever your needs and things are. Mm-hmm. And these areas for wisdom, they change throughout life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when you're newly married, you may yeah. not be 100% thinking about what to do with a two-year-old. Right. Once you get a two-year-old, that's pretty much all you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. You may not be thinking about, you know, on your honeymoon, empty nest when kids leave, something that we're closer to. But as that day approaches, who can you invite into the bullpen that Mm -hmm. has done that well and has good relationship with adult children, for example, and can help you navigate that upcoming season? Yeah. So what what we're saying is that ultimately uh, evil people live by the demonic and you need to have professional relationships. Um, Foolish people live by the flesh. You need to have a pastoral relationship. Wise people live by the spirit. You need to have a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that you confide in and invite into your life and relationship. But what we would say is you need to agree on who those people are. Yes. Who the wife goes to for wise counsel, the husband needs to be approving of that. Who the husband goes to for wise counsel, the wife needs to be approving of that. Who you're going to meet with and confide in as a couple. Could we talk to you about our sex life or our money? You better agree on that.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: And if you don't agree on that, you've got to pray until you come to agreement on who you're going to invite in. Yes. Because one of the most foolish things you can do is invite the wrong people in to give you counsel. And that's not wise counsel. Right. That's just somebody with an opinion or advice. And that's not always helpful. Yeah. No, it can do more harm than good. We'll see you in the last episode. Again, if you missed the first one, evil people. Second one, foolish people. This one, wise people. Last episode coming up next, we're gonna deal with six kinds of relationships that you can have with these three kinds of people.